What's happening, folks? I am Alicia Henley, a.k.a. The Smooth Factor. Welcome to my Crash Pad. This is a podcast for technologists, creatives, and my techie tribe. On it, we'll be going behind the scenes and looking at some of the latest technologies that drives incredible experiences. And of course, we'll have open discussion on the challenges, success, and the designs of these spaces. So without further ado, let's hop into this week's episode. Museums all over the world are looking for different and unique ways to engage and welcome people back into their spaces. Recently, the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art unveiled an art installation by an internationally recognized artist, JR. He filmed, photographed, and interviewed more than 1,200 people across various San Francisco communities. The final artwork became a digital mural which was shown across an enormous LED display. The goal was to bring together faces and untold stories of everyday people. So today, I have Jason Hilton from SNA Displays and Andrew Yi from Sensory Interactive hanging out with me to give us an inside look into this art installation that was shown at the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. Jason and Andrew, thank you so much for hanging out with me today and stepping into my crash pad. That's what I call this space, my crash pad. We get to talk about all the exciting things that you guys are doing and really nobody else controls the content. This is my own show, so we can really take a deep dive through the experience and the exhibit that you guys created hand in hand there at the uh, San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. So let's hop right into it. So Andrew, let's, let's start with you and what you all did from the sensory interactive point of the project. Can you tell us about how this all started, how it all came together, what it was like working with JR, the artist behind this exhibit, and then I guess working hand in hand with SNA to make this really come to life? Sure. Yeah. So we were introduced to this opportunity through an existing partnership we have with Salesforce out in San Francisco. Nice. And I believe actually Jason's team was also introduced at the same table in kind of the same hand in hand conversation that they were working with an artist out of France who is JR. It's a collective group that um, was doing a sort of digital collection or a portfolio of the people of San Francisco. And they're looking at different solutions to chronicalize the, the different pieces they had together. They were looking at, you know, LED options. They're looking at projection technologies. They were looking at small format, large format. And, you know, through those conversations, it kind of came out that they wanted to do a a spectacular, they wanted to stitch this thing together and make it be kind of a a living, breathing art element. Was it the artist or the museum who chose to go with the spectacular route as far as the technology that was driving the exhibit? It was kind of a a hat on a hat kind of decision-making situation. So we would, we proposed the large format to the museum first and they had originally the all the communication with the artist team um and then the artist came back with this is what we want to do this is what our digital uh content capabilities are 
And then we kind of tailored that decision to how they were fitting it in. Got it. And and Jason, you know, you and your team are no strangers to <laughs> to digital art. You guys have been, you know, in this playing in this space for some time now. And that's really exciting from a company point of view. But what made this one so special? I saw this up and down my timeline uh, on LinkedIn. I mean, you're always posting on LinkedIn. But this one really kind of took off. And it seemed like you guys were really putting a lot of momentum behind it. What What was so special about this space for you guys? I mean, San Francisco has been a special place for us from a LED standpoint for a long time. Um, you know, we've got three corners of spectacular lobbies just down the street uh, with Salesforce, 50 Fremont, the waterfall display, I think you're pretty familiar with. Uh, across the street, we've got 350 Mission, which is the Rafik Anadol piece, which is some really great digital art. And then across the street, we have Salesforce Tower, which is one of the newer displays, uh, which is a three millimeter pitch product. So. We have a six millimeter, four millimeter, three millimeter at that, uh, you know, all coordinated around uh, Mission and Fremont streets. And then down the street for the Museum of Modern Art, you know, the fun thing about this is it's a two and a half millimeter pitch. And it's such a massive palette, you know, and again, these are digital palettes, right? We, we make the monitors, but the monitors are only as good as what's put on them. And, you know, I think with specifically JR and the Chronicles of San Francisco, you know, the fun thing about this piece is that you know, they set up these mobile locations. I think it's 22 different locations throughout the city um, and filmed and interviewed um, somewhere around 1,200 people in total. So it just kind of created this really fun, you know, black and white grayscale type of piece that, you know, is pretty unique on an LED display. You know, a lot, of, a lot of times we're going vibrant colors and, you know, exciting, flashy content. And, and this particular piece is more about telling a story and a storytelling piece. And so to us, that part of that digital storytelling is kind of a, a really cool and unique aspect of this particular project. So I, I think that part's really fun. You know, from an operational standpoint, we ran into a couple of fun things to try to approach. You know, one of them being that, you know, we really couldn't anchor into the floor of the space. Um, we worked with Sensory Interactive and, and Andrew's team and had to make sure that we put down some padding, had to find out ways that structurally this would be sound because the piece stayed up for over a year. Um, and had to really come in and try to come up with some some unique structural approaches. Um, so we worked with RPV. Um, so RP Visuals designed this really great, you know, structural piece for us to work, the subframe um, and component system. And, you know, the other piece of this is there's a pretty giant radius. Um, so we've got a nice concave radius here. It's a little less than 14 feet on the radius. So the overall dimensions of the display are a little over 16 feet tall uh, by about 108 feet wide. So we're looking roughly... 1,750 square feet uh, of display, two and a half millimeter. So that's a lot of product. You know, we've got some really fun time-lapse videos that show it both going up, uh, you know, in a, in a very efficient manner. And then it's, it's fun to see that process um, and see, you know, all the die casts going into place, having a really nice smooth, you know, smooth radius and, and making sure that, you know, once we get it up, that it's tested, set the grayscale levels right where we need them to be to really make the piece pop and work with the artist. Um, you know, and the fun thing about this is Tim Cook and a lot of other people were there, uh, you know, friends of JR, you know, a lot of high profile people in the, in the San Francisco area, um, you know, making their own recordings of the space. You can interact with the, with the iPad, uh, interact with your iPhone. And, and Andrew probably can talk a little more to that, that side of things on the content side, but really cool interactive piece. And so the interactivity along with the digital storytelling, those are really the fun, unique pieces that, that we like about this. You know, digital art and period, we, we love being a piece of anything like that. You know, we, we do a lot of different displays indoor and outdoor, but to have a really cool, you know, digital art showcase is, is always fun for us. 
Yeah, indeed. That whole space is insane. Really, really insane. And you said you got the whole block locked up. So you got all these different projects involved. And then you come right into the museum and really storytell and highlight in a different avenue opposed to all the other spectaculars you have located in these little gyms around the city. Cool, cool. So one thing I didn't know about this project is that it's interactive. So Andrew, you got to hop in on that. Where does the interactivity come in? Because from the videos I saw, you know, you just see this larger than life kind of spectacular, really telling a story in pure, like black and white, like Jason said, it, it seems so pure and simple, but it just looks so beautiful. And it looked like it was really able to tell the story of the artist, but the interactive piece I didn't know about. So let me in on, on what's happening there. So yeah, they had a number of kiosks set up behind the actual viewing area. And so each of the characters that are in the, the piece itself are live living people and they all did their own little video biography. So with the, the specialized app with JR's creation, um, you could tap a face and track with them and also hear their story. So that was really cool how you could, you could you know, see someone who looks really interesting. Like for instance, they had Draymond Green of the Warriors on there. You could tap on him and he would give you his background from Michigan State and all that stuff. It was really, really cool. And it was kind of fun because you, you had Mark Benioff kind of getting in there as well. So Yeah, that's true. That was, that was interesting as well. Nice. So story, so legit in this space, the, the, the art had to speak for itself, right? That was the focus point, the art that JR was creating. Um, Andrew, what was the approach when creating um, something so important as far as the story and working hand in hand with the artist to bring this to life? Like, how did that all come about? Well, it was all about giving the artist a canvas to put their art on, right? So it was never going to be anything that would be flashing lights or kind of just this overly intrusive thing. It was literally you walk into the space and you had to feel like you were immersed in the art itself. So you were almost a part of the art as it shifts along. So that was really key. What was really key about bringing that to life was the curve that they were able to create, that radius. You were able to walk all up into it. So you almost get this sense, this overall sense of immersion because the thing is 16 feet tall. Right. I mean, it's all you can see out of your peripherals. And giving giving that kind of canvas to the artist group, they were, they were able to really, really hone in on what they're trying to do. So they were telling the story of individual residents around San Francisco. Um, so when the exhibit starts, let's just step back a little bit. If I was going into this space, the exhibit starts, and what is that experience like? Because I'm sure you guys sat through it. You had to check it out before it went before it went live, right? You walk into the space, and is it kind of like you hit play on this project, and it and it just goes for about a certain amount of minutes, and you really immerse yourself in each individual story? No, it's actually just an ongoing loop. So you could pick and choose what you wanted to see through the interactive app. Um, so you would walk into the space and it, it would, it's just cycling through at, you know, a couple feet per second. So you're, you're, you could track along with one person the whole way if you wanted to, or you could just be engaged with everybody as they come by in their own time. The overall runtime was about an hour. So you could, if you just sat there for one hour, you would see every person that they did a biography on. And that's over like 12, 1200 people or something like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a lot of storytelling, but that's a cool way to make it interactive as well. So each person in this space um, could go through and kind of engage with it in their own in their own time and in their own yeah. individual. And way. The, the other cool thing about it was the the JR's vision was this for for to be a free free exhibit, so people could come and go. They could get pieces of it. They can enjoy lunch in the gallery, and you know 
just have this sense of this is our community. These are the people we know. This is this is what you know San Francisco is. Nice. And and let's get a little techie on them real quick, J- Jason. I know that you guys are big on pixels, right? How many pixels are in this in particular project? Because that wall is massive. You're pushing close to 26 million pixels on this one. So that's it's a lot. It's uh, it's 13,120 pixels wide by uh, 1980 pixels tall. Um, so it's uh, it's pretty massive in scale. Um, to be able to process all that, you know, be able to have um, everything in frame lock, um, you know, and, and work with the upstream side. So we worked with Sensory's team, our own systems group, uh, you know, hand in hand to really come in and make that seamless processing design. Because part of this, like Andrew's saying, is as it's scrolling and you have the storytelling moment that is shifting, you know, how it has to be extremely smooth in the processing level. Uh, you have to be able to take those 26 million pixels and, and really put it in play, you know, but it's, it's interesting because you see something like this that physically is not the same size as, as a lot of these large mega spectaculars, but, you know, these indoor spaces may have, you know, the same number or greater number of pixels than say an 18,000 square foot project we have in the exterior digital space. So these large, you know, mega spectacular type of interior installations, um, you know, have, have their own processing and, and fun pieces themselves. And, create their own challenges, which are, which are fun to tackle. Yeah. That's a challenge within itself, right? Putting these, these huge mega spectaculars that you guys do and throw them into these like kind of a box space to create an, an experience. That's a challenge within itself. <laughs> Absolutely. From, from a, outside of the modern art museum there in San Francisco, digital art is really taken off. And I know sensory interactive has their hand in, in a lot of it. And so does, you know, SNA as well from from each side of the project. But digital art is taking off, it's growing every day. So from your expertise and your point of view, uh, where do you predict this going, you know, post-COVID this year as we continue to get, you know, more more vaccinations and people can be more active and in, immersed in these spaces kind of like this? Where do you see it going from a creative point of view, but also from a technology point of view? Um, and Andrew, let's start with you on this one. From our perspective, we see a lot of these activation spaces coming up. So just places that people can gather. So they're looking for centerpieces to create a moment or create something that folks will want to be a part of, right? Um, It's more than just having a large screen that people can watch. It's also, you know, interior lobby art pieces or sculpture pieces or, um, you know, just kind of the upright elements within malls or any other gallery spaces, right? So you know, I, I see this kind of becoming a trend for more than just corporate lobbies. I see it coming for, um, you know, at, at the local smaller levels in, in, you know, parks, walkways, you know, anywhere that they can put up something temporarily or permanent. I, there's just the end, the possibilities are endless for it. Absolutely. And and from a technical perspective and your team, Jason, where, where do you see this going? You guys have been playing in digital art for a minute. So what what's next? Like, what can we expect from your team as this as this facet of, of a vertical continues to grow? I mean, I think, I think what we're seeing in this particular instance and, you know, what's, what's really exciting, especially in corporate lobby spaces, because that is a key piece, right? The people who have the, the funds to put up these pieces, um, you know, a lot of times are the, the corporate backers, you know, even in the case of MoMA, you know, the manufacturer being uh, Mark Minioff and Salesforce. 
Um, but we're seeing this this transition, and you know, we call it the digital waterfall, right? And specifically because 50 Fremont and the, the waterfall content there kind of started a trend. Um, but what we're really seeing is, you know, whereas people used to go and spend money on these giant art pieces and static, you know, sculptures or um, other other dig, you know art pieces in their lobby spaces or giant waterfalls, they're putting these funds toward these dynamic digital displays and. You know, I think the the you know the end user is becoming a lot more savvy, digital savvy, digitally savvy to try to take in these approaches and use digital art to make it fun, make it exciting. You know, Salesforce um, says that these main lobbies are a main source of recruiting for them when they bring in new candidates to work. You know, and, and up in the, the Bay Area, they're fighting for you know these top ranked candidates uh, consistently. It's that first impression, that first image when you walk in there and when you see everything. You know. What does it look like? What is this company projecting? Are they high tech? Are they digital? Do they understand? And then, you know, what they did with, you know, Obscura's content when it first came out is, you know, they would film in the Muir Woods and they would add all these Easter eggs. And, you know, you would sit there and just be looking at this wood, you know, scene over and over again. But then all these little things, you would see an alien UFO come in and, and, you know, slowly go across or, you know, you'd see a fairy uh, flying throughout the branches. And, and I think we're starting to see a lot more of these corporate lobbies and, and these digital pieces and a lot of fun with what they're able to have with them. And we've done a few new corporate lobby spaces that we can't quite talk about yet uh, with some some tremendous budgets for really fun, exciting art. Um, and I think the art's just getting that much better. Digital content and the digital artists, I, I think even in the past couple of years have just, you know, gone a whole different level. And I think their their tools are better. You know, the 3D rendering engines and what we've got in more three-dimensional uh, content now is, is you know, this massive shift and this massive change. And it's it's an exciting time to be in this industry. It's exciting time to be part of the AV group. And, you know, at the end of the day, the things that we're putting up are just getting better and better. And it's it's fun to be part of that. Yeah. And that and that's what I was telling Andrew earlier. Like, this is why I started this show, right? Digital, the digital art aspect of it is is so exciting and it's growing and we're not just putting up screens anymore. We're really thinking about the experience and these touch points of either if it's recruiting or someone telling a story, like all of this is based around an experience and digital art is really stepping up is making everybody step up their game, right? Because there's so many different forms of content, but our technology is driving that. So it's, it's a real exciting time to be a part, you know, a part of the AV industry, but also marry like this, this love of technology and the creative content and really bring it to life. And that's what this space did in, in San Francisco that you guys created. So that's very exciting. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I was the chapter chair for the Austin group of SEGD and SEGD used to stand for Society of Environmental Graphic Design. And they were very forward thinking, you know, several years ago when they changed it to Society of Experiential Graphic Design and experiential is it, you know, that's, that's, it is. It's the experience, the storytelling. And yep. Part of MoMA, the, the, the design that Sensory came up with and, and worked with JR, that it's it you you don't have you know your your entire vision, this panorama, uh, you know your peripheral vision, everything. You're overwhelmed by the space of I'm here and I can I can track these individuals and I, I feel like I'm part of the space because of the size of the wall, because of the scale, because of the approach. Right. You, you felt that you were part of there. You were experiencing that that city of San Francisco and the 1,200 people and, and being a part of that scene. And, and that was really, really impactful. 
And that's what it's about. We all want to be a part of something, especially when we all are able to get back in the wild and get out of the house. We want to engage as much as we can, right? We want to be a part of other people's story. We want to be a part of community. We want to feel like we are completely immersed in an experience once we, you know, we fully can come out of lockdown. So I think this is, this is the, this is just the beginning of what we can, of what we can do together and continue to create these kind of opportunities and experience to storytell and create, you know, something that takes us beyond a product and brings us directly into greater stories. So I'm excited to see what you guys do next. And also with that, I mean, you can keep it as evergreen as possible, right? It's always dynamic with these, with these canvases that they're creating, you know, that, there was plenty of opportunity for SF MoMA to do other things with that display had they had the opportunity to keep it, right? So, Evergreen content and, you know, having those spaces where you can take one story, take that story out, put in another artist, and they create something completely different, right? Like, our technology is legit a canvas for creativity. And the more we we bond and partner with the creatives, the greater the greater it's going to be. And you guys are doing that both from a sensory interactive point and SNA displays. You guys are always killing it on that forefront. So uh, I'm pretty sure we'll have both of you back on the show at some point to keep telling us about these, you know, these awesome projects that you're doing. But before we go, um, where can the people find you guys um, individually? Uh, Jason, let's bring it to you. Where can everyone get in touch with you? If they're not already following you on LinkedIn, I think that's your jam right there. LinkedIn, you you're always posting there. I, I, I like I like LinkedIn. LinkedIn from a storytelling experience as well. I mean, I think it's it's impactful to kind of say, hey, look, here's where I am today. Here's my experience of of how we approach it. So yeah, that's that's always a way to get in touch with me um, through our website, you know, snadisplays.com. Great way to be able to see some of the projects we've done. Um, and then you can always reach out uh, by email, jason.helton at snadisplays.com. Based out of the Austin area, which this week has been pretty uh, pretty unique experience. I uh, just came back in from trying to shovel snow for the first time, so some of our neighbors can get out of uh, out of the neighborhood to get some critical critical needs. But it's a uh, it's a unique week in uh, being in Austin, Texas. Yeah, well, stay stay safe out there, Jason. And I can't I can't say enough how appreciative I am of you guys taking the time out to uh, join me with all of that going on in Texas. I was, I was there for 13 years and I think it kind of flurried once, maybe 2009. So, you know, <laughs> nothing like this. So stay warm, stay safe. Um, Andrew, are you on, are you on LinkedIn? Can people, is that your gym? I am, but my, 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 my feel and reach <laughs> is not nearly as big as Jason's. Uh, Jason is like the Lord Salami of all of LinkedIn, but you can, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also find us at sensoryinteractive.net or at my email at A-Y-E-E at sensoryinteractive.net. Awesome. Awesome. So we'll put all that in the show notes. I'm actually going to put some of the cool videos that I've seen in the show notes as well. So people can try and get a glimpse of, of what was really going on in this space beyond the podcast itself. So gentlemen, stay safe, stay warm. And uh, I look forward to having you back. Thanks for your time. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. If you're excited to be a part of my techie tribe, make sure you download, subscribe and review this podcast. And remember to stay creative and keep it techie. Peace.